Hello, world. Uh, this is Stephen Lurie, your host with uh, B2B Rocks. Um, today is November 17th. Uh, our guest today is Rani Sharabi. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, she's with uh, Medeco, which is her nonprofit that she works with. Um, before I introduce Rani, I just wanted to take a moment to share uh something with you out there that i found something really interesting uh, very informative today so um this is a document provided by balderton capital so it's something you can go on and look at i'll put the link in our um chat room um uh, so this is from Balderton Capital, uh, and this is a founder's guide to B2B sales. Um, really interesting document. So they go over and outline B2B sales, but much more than that, actually. They talk about big to be sales. They talk about building a channel, uh, managing a sales team, uh, how to renew and expand clients, but also the marketing, the partnering, the customer success, customer success aspects of this. So two thoughts on this, or actually I have quite a few thoughts on this, but one is uh, I don't think this is a founder's guide. I think anybody working on the revenue side, uh, so that's marketing, sales, customer success, in uh, B2B, in SaaS, in entrepreneurship, um, you should definitely be you should take, take a moment and read through this. The concepts are really well explained and it's very simple and it's just a great primer. Uh, and anything that you're not familiar with, you should go back and spend more time looking at. Um, the second thing is Balderton Capital. They have a fellow there who is one of their venture capitalists. He's, he's a kind of a consultant with them as well called Dave Kellogg. Dave Kellogg has his blog, Kellblog. Um, so Dave is writes quite a bit on his blog and is a big speaker on the B2B SaaS entrepreneurship circuit. So um, it's just take a moment if you can and um, check out this because it's, it's really interesting. It's great reading. And the last thing I would say is that um, if you work in sales or marketing or customer success and you read this, um, you know, you should question your manager on this stuff. And if your manager works in B2B SaaS or entrepreneurship, uh, they should be familiar with this as well. Um, with that, uh, I'd like to bring on our guest. Hopefully this will, uh, uh, work here. Hold on. Let me just get everything set up. Uh, Uh, let me just bring on my guest. This always takes me a little bit longer here. I'm going to have Ronnie Sharabi. I hope I pronounced that correctly. And let me make sure, next thing, let me make sure that her audio is on because I always forget to uh, turn on the audio. Um, so hopefully everything's going. Hello, Ronnie. How are you? I'm great. Do you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Hopefully our audience tells <laughs> you. Uh, <laughs> Please. Hey, someone said hi, Ronnie. So I think, can we hear? Let me just type something. Can we hear Ronnie before we go on? Hello, hello. Everyone hears me. Yes. Okay. Looks like we can hear you. Okay. Um, well, listen, thank you for taking time out here today. Um, uh, really interested. You work in technology. 
Um, mm -hmm. And in your spare time, now people typically working in technology don't have too much spare time, but in your spare <laughs> time, uh, along with a colleague, you started a nonprofit called Meneco, right? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, I want you, I think it's really cool what Meneco is working on. So could you tell us a little bit about Meneco? Tell us about what you're doing. Of course. Um, so Meneco is a. Um, um, network platform for women entrepreneurs in the Middle East and North Africa. Um, it is based on mostly online activity and networking session on online webinars and recently also a mentoring program for uh, early stage entrepreneurs or even women who have an idea and, and not even established in a um, their first product or something like that and they want to search and to learn about the entrepreneurial path entrepreneurial life to gain some tools uh, so this is uh, the program that we designed for them okay and a question about my um, a question that you didn't ask but you asked before my name so <laughs> it actually pronounced sharabi sharab uh, is a place in yemen i'm my family originally from there so uh, to represent my Yemenite uh, roots, and uh, it's Sha'abi with Ayn. Sha'abi, okay. Yes. <laughs> okay, well, thank you. And um, I, I can find, I just want to say that, in defense of myself, although I'm not good at pronunciation, <laughs> I, I do know no. where, I knew, I do know where Yemen is on a map. I can't find Yemen on a map, so, uh, <laughs> and, I, and I know it's, it's a tough time in Yemen right now. I think it's been yeah. a tough time in the last 10 years, but it's, it's a tough time. We talk mm -hmm. about all these other countries but Yemen often gets forgotten. Um, so where did the idea come from for Menico? Where did you, why did you start this organization with your co-founder? Um, I, I, I think we, we have to go back a bit more than the first time we thought about Menaco mm -hmm. because it was a long uh, ride to, to creating Menaco. Um, me and my colleague come from different backgrounds, but I come from education and um, I worked a lot with the struggle youth and uh, that doesn't have all, like the privilege to go and to learn everything they want and to assimilate in the tech industry in general. Huh? And so when I, while I was a teacher in this kind of schools, I understand that uh, if no one brings technology to them, uh, like the, the state doesn't does it, the traditional education don't do it. So. I decided to uh, bring this subject to them, but it wasn't my profession. So at first I had to go and learn it. And I did my uh, full stack developer uh, diploma. Uh, and then while I was like learning it, I actually did it in Paris, but I discovered a, a whole new world that I didn't know, if, I didn't know about before. And, and like an entire ecosystem and language even that was new to me to discover. And, and then I was like traveling and attending to like webinars and meetups and conferences like on a daily basis just to get to know the people. And where I am based, which is in Tel Aviv, uh, the ecosystem and the meetup and the community are very de develop, developed. Mm -hmm. And in a one meeting, that one conference that was about the Palestinian ecosystem, um, I met my partner Sufit, and like we said, like we wish to bring it to more uh, 
regional uh, aspect uh, to, 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 to bring like a platform like that also to women who not necessarily lives in a very developed ecosystem and uh, because once we were starting to investigate the um, the obstacle that women face uh, while when they want to create a business networking was one of the first uh, obstacle they uh, they tackle because um, normally women not necessarily use their amical relationship personal relationship uh, to um, to their own like professional benefit mm -hmm. Uh, so this is why we started to talk about it and then it took several of months to understand what we really want to do and how we'll do it and um, and, and this is how Menaco started um, from that meeting and from uh, our own experience of how this community helped us at the end of the day to get to where we are and how we can bring this kind of tools um, this kind of support to other uh, ecosystem in the region to uh, communicate between region to try to have an alternative way of communication that maybe specifically in our region not necessarily always happen because of politics borders and all of the problem that you heard about in our region yeah it's interesting um francis there's an author an american author and philosopher called francis fukuyama and he wrote mm -hmm. a book called the end of history and he mm -hmm. said after the Cold War that capitalism um, and would help break down borders and that we would become a global um, community through free trade. That hasn't happened, but in a way, uh, <laughs> that hasn't happened. We're still far from that. But in a way, what you're, what Menico is focusing on by trying to help young women entrepreneurs throughout the Menico region, it's it's kind of an expression of that vision. So that's really interesting. Why, why women? Why specifically women and not men? I mean, uh, maybe I have a, a different... <laughs> men need help too. Um, so why women? First of all, completely. Yeah. Um, only because the percentage of women were so low. Yeah. And, and I worked in also uh, in an organization um, that's called Queen Bee, where we teach girls how to code. So at that time, uh, it was our was my knowledge in, on this uh, underrepresented uh, population was quite vast. So it was um, something that I wanted to keep on focusing on. And, uh, and in all of the articles that we read, uh, it seems like the first population that we should focus on. Mm -hmm. um, and also there is a a lot of other projects that exist already for young entrepreneurs in the MENA region, uh, accelerators, um, incubators, that you can see new uh, generation of entrepreneurs, men and women who are comes there, but you will see that in all of these new projects that there is, um, the uh, numbers of women is really, really low. Yeah. Uh, we see it because a lot of them like, talk to us like, hey, do you have someone? Because we don't, we, they don't manage to, to recruit any uh, startup led by women. Yeah. Um, but in uh, another subject, like the percentage of women in STEM field who uh, finish the universities in the MENA region is much higher than 
the Western world it is much higher than the men who yeah. finish STEM. So there is like a population who is underrepresented in many levels. Yeah. And so we thought to um, focus on that. And I've heard, I read in an article a long time ago, not long time ago, that um, we, uh, we, we will gain around $2 billion if we will only like... Um, uh, Add women? Increase, increase in 1% or 2% the amount of uh, business led by women in the MENA region. Like, there is so much also financial... Um, yeah benefit for it because there are, we have we will have less employment in that area and also a lot of the startup that women are focused on are startup that helps the community around them the city the country um ecological um, there, there's uh, i mean there's a lot of benefits i think um i know what you're talking about that the underrepresentation of women and minorities holds back gdp um, mm -hmm. It also holds back the rate of innovation. So the more that you have a diverse group contributing to innovation, the more innovation you have and, and, and you get great solutions. Um, so it's kind of like giving different eyes to think. That's, that's great. Um, what, are, what are specific obstacles that women face? Um, you mentioned networking, that they tend not to use their networks for business, um, for financial gain. What are other obstacles mm -hmm. that women face? Um, I it, uh, I will just want to add that for also for networking, if we're talking about the MENA region, which are more traditional countries yes. uh, in, the, in that sense. So you will see less women go to conferences, webinars, even on, not the, I'm not talking on the stage, but I'm yeah. even as a participant. So it's also something that like, um, uh, uh, it's also another uh, aspect of the networking, a yeah. barrier for them. Um, secondly, finance. Um, only like very small amount from VCs and uh, from angels go to lead a business by like uh, by women huh? goes to them. It's much harder for them to um, recruit for multiple reasons, not because only for their gender, but sometimes the subject. Because if there are more male uh, and men in the VCs or or angels they not necessarily understand some of the product that women are uh, uh, presenting and want to do in their startup because sometimes it tackles like subject or problem that uh, are not they cannot relate to uh, there is a good story i'm not sure it's uh, <laughs> it's good for the hour that we are now but there is a the really known story about um, the um, the founder of Brayola, which was a uh, an online shopping store that right. uh, helps you uh, choose your bra according AI. Like um, they learn your body, your uh, favorite. You 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 put all the data of the bras that you already um, <laughs> purchase and everything. And when she went from VC to this, they say they don't understand what's the problem. Go and buy a bra. Like they didn't know the, ex the female experience in that. And until she used um, the uh, she used a a condom for them to understand how much intimate and unpleasant it for a woman <laughs> to to try a bra <laughs> and people touching you. And once she used that, the male in the business started to understand it. So, you know, a lot of... Uh, yeah, a lot, lot of, of, of incomprehension. A lot of incomprehension. Yeah. Well, I think the, the point you bring up about GDP, adding to GDP and human capital, mm -hmm. 
Um, this summer I met, I was, uh, I got, got an opportunity to speak with someone at Zoho and Zoho is of course a fabulous, fabulously successful company in India. And they have a program where they work with high school dropouts, mm. uh, men and women, and they test them for certain skills. And then they, um, and if they, if they have those skills, um, they put them in a program to learn to do programming and marketing. And then they have them work with a product and they actually grow them and teach them in uh, technical product marketing roles. Um, and I, I just think that's great. And I, I think it's kind of a similar product or I mean, a similar concept of what, what you're doing there. Um, so you're focused, you, you guys focus more on the entrepreneurship or on the technicals? So we're more focused on the entrepreneurship. Yeah. But we are um, we are in the entrepreneurial world. We are focused on um, women who has a tech product okay. or digital product. Let's say it like that. Okay. Um, because we do think it's a more sustainable and a, uh, not sustainable, but like a business that can scale, like a scale in a bigger. Um, you can go bigger than like if you own like now a store or, yeah. or something like that um and also again sometimes like uh, in some countries or some cultures you won't see a woman uh, managing a store it's not very it's not common but for but in the tech industry there is much more flexibilities uh, for uh, also breaking some glass ceiling in this kind of traditional uh, countries and societies. I think that's, if it's a website online, you can be anybody behind the website. It doesn't really mm -hmm. matter. It's not like a store where maybe being a woman, maybe your husband doesn't want you to be in a store by yourself. If it's on mm -hmm. a website, it, it can be a thing. Um, what about... Um, uh so tech and i think so how about um have, so what are the how many workshops have you done you mentioned having doing having done workshops or having mm. done groups you said you were accepting applications right now how many times how many times have you gone through the cycle of accepting applications so let's separate like we did at the beginning mm -hmm. where um we're building Minaco slowly now Oh. And at the beginning, it was very important us to have, first of all, like a really core um, or a big core of women from several of like from a diverse uh, portfolio, okay. from like a diverse like uh, countries, background and everything. Okay. And so we were focusing on them and we did like networking session for them and for and workshops. I don't mm -hmm. remember the number, <laughs> but quite a lot. Okay. Um, and that's surrounding even like, let's get to know each other and get, let's get to know the ecosystem, what works there, what works, what didn't work there. Um, but the, but it was for well-established entrepreneurs already. Okay. After a few years, like when we had this and we had like this core member, uh, we decided to grow and to seek for the younger uh, entrepreneur, not by age younger, but early stage entrepreneur, let's call it like this. Mm -hmm. um, and after like talking with them, understanding their problems and try to, uh, to like um, understand the challenges and what they need in order to like uh, uh, help them in their journey. So we understood that like a mentoring program can really help them because for now, a lot of the programs that exist um, 
require a lot, a lot, a lot of bureaucracy and sometimes are not suitable for someone who want to start in small scale and then grow and grow, then grow. Okay. And that's one thing that why we started um, this program. Uh, secondly, a lot of the programs are people that are not necessarily from the region. And sometimes you want to talk to someone who went through the bureaucracy here and not in Europe, even though they are both difficult, but in other ways. <laughs> or they want to, or someone that understands the audience or someone understands the market here. So um, this was also another um, reason why we created it. Mm -hmm. um, and the third one is like, again, women for women, like women for women. So it was very important for us. Because again, sometimes when you go to like a mentoring program that is not necessarily uh, for the designed for you, you're not necessarily going to meet someone who had the same struggle. And and yes, there is some struggles and challenges that women entrepreneurs are having that men will never have, and vice versa. But <laughs> still, um, there is a difference sometimes, yeah. and we want to tackle this uh, these challenges. And this is why we created it. And we had a first batch was really uh, empowering um, and powerful and meaningful for them. We had from like a, six different countries men, men, mentees and also like from four different countries, the men, mentors. So yeah. around we had like seven different countries from all over, from North Africa and from uh, the Middle East. Um, they like really 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 the other day they were talking about the effect the effect that they had they could share with someone um, the struggle and the dilemma that they had that they couldn't uh, discuss it with anyone else like anyone like they really felt like a deep understanding uh, of their journey and they couldn't like really take some tips and or con really consult with them because when someone really understands you you can give you a better tip and better uh, um insights or uh, some direction and they couldn't get from other programs uh, so it's a niche what we chose because really the entrepreneur entrepreneurs in general in the middle is not that big in the tech industry so oh. women are even less but we 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 think it's a really uh, good investment niche <laughs> that yeah. uh, will will grow like you can't stop innovation and you can't stop the progress so yeah, that's great. Um, I think that's, you know, one of the things you mentioned about is that working in technology provides women opportunities that they couldn't have in other industries. Um, and that's one of the great things about uh, entrepreneurship and what we've seen with tech entrepreneurship is around the world, we've seen little pockets of entrepreneurs, people with very different backgrounds who think differently, who maybe have different religious backgrounds and different cultures and customs. And yet we share similar ideas uh, and similar concepts about, for example, technology. And we, we talk about marketing and sales and uh, use some of the same metrics and KPIs to measure our business. So I, I think mm -hmm. that's great. And, and some of these women who you may be able to help someday today, maybe they're looking to start a business, but tomorrow they may become community leaders or community actors. Um, and mm -hmm. so that empowerment may start with uh, technology, but can carry over into or business, but can carry over into other aspects. So did I understand correctly? You, if you can, you prefer mentors that come from the Middle East region? 
um, mm-hmm. and and women mentors as well. Yeah, that that's a very it's small a- that's a very small group, isn't it? <laughs> yes but a very quality one very high quality okay very high quality okay if you can make it here you can make it everywhere it's not new york it's It's not new york it's it's the middle east and north africa okay um good well um can you can you talk about um are there any stories that come to mind with like people that have been impacted by this and uh uh who have started a business can you think of something I actually uh, think about like an interview we did two days ago. Okay. Maybe she's here with us in the audience. Uh, I, ho- I hope so. That would be cool. I, uh, she used to be an intern in Menaco, uh, like uh, when she was a student. Um, yeah. And she helped us like with social media a bit and everything and marketing. And now she ended, uh, she finished her BA. Mm-hmm. Uh, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and. And she registered herself to uh, to our men- to our second batch of mentoring program, and and she had like she and she only have an idea and landing page. Uh-huh. Uh, she aims to help a young uh, young adult after uh, finish university to find their career path. Okay. In like AI, and that's all I can say. She has a she has some technologies behind it. Okay. And and I think it's amazing. Like she didn't even grow as a member. She came. She know she knew us as an intern okay. for the summer, even not for a long time. But only that like opened her eyes for that uh, path. Yeah. And you know, and there is a lot of movement now in the education in the, in the region. So you have a lot of people who didn't finish or were the first generation in their family for higher education okay and they don't get the um let's say uh, a traditional or um uh, they don't they don't have this knowledge because they are the first generation in academic they don't have the knowledge of like okay what i do with this degree or where do i go or or these all new fields of like uh, yeah. where you can work because it's new, it's very very new. It's not like uh, in in, the, in most of the Western world. So it, I thought it was a really really good idea, and I was very moved to see her name when she was uh, applying, and of course to re-interview her. And I hope we're going to find her a match. And if someone hears us now and want to mentor her, please contact me. Well, I got it. Sorry. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, I don't know how big our reach is in the Middle East uh, and North Africa, but um, uh, so no, for mentors. Never mind. We will get also, like, uh, if someone really, uh, yeah. this story, talk to him, we can also give her two mentors, one yeah. from the from Europe and one from here. It's funny because there's uh, so many people in the Middle East and North Africa who are highly qualified as far as the STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math. Um, and there's just not the opportunity to use those skills. Uh, I know like, uh, in France where I'm at, we get a lot of resumes and CVs that come from North Africa. Um, mm-hmm. and they're really talented engineers and, and really skilled engineers. Um, but there's just no work in Algeria, um, and then, or, or Morocco. And then of course the challenges is, is when they have, they have all the administration and immigration paperwork, if they're able to do that in France and get that done. But if we can create more opportunities locally, mm-hmm. that takes some of the pressure on those people to emigrate. And, and also, it actually creates opportunities for our businesses as well. So it's, it's a good idea. Um, and it's straightened their community, their surrounding, which is 
uh, very, very, very important. You see places uh, also here in India, in the region, that created a really stable ecosystem. Yeah. It lifted all of the of the geographic area around them. For example, now a lot of the entrepreneur, even the entrepreneurs and and the engineer, uh, are trials. They also uh, a lot of them are immigrants, for example, to Dubai or uh, Qatar because there there is a bit like the scene is a bit more developed. Yeah. Um, and if we're talking in Morocco, so they have Rabat and Casablanca. So they are starting, and it's important because, on a personal note, nobody wants to leave their home. It's usually not. <laughs> yeah. People want to stay around their family normally. A lot of them. Yeah. Depend, <laughs> but I mean it's it's not a, it's not always a good experience to be an immigrant. It's a very hard experience, um, and I think once there is an entrepreneurial ecosystem that is strong, that it's solid, that involves a lot of different um, technology products that can create like an ecosystem, not only in one subject, you know, and yeah. um, it it really can build a better region, a better like alternative for the people that are here that want to stay, that likes it here. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. Israel, of course, is, is a tech powerhouse for such a small country. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, but Israel, I, I know that Israel has felt, we, we talked about this before, Israel has felt the downturn a little bit in technology and that I'm sure the employment market has gotten a little softer, but Israel has really low unemployment anyhow. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, the Middle East needs more human capital. It needs more room to grow. Um, and maybe what we'll see, maybe Israel, thanks to your efforts in part, will be able to export some of these values and concepts. Because when you look at countries like India, it started in all the major cities, technology, and now there's talking about it's spreading to the second tier cities. Um, so it would be great to see that happen uh, in Israel and Dubai and, 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 and big cities like that, and then spread out also to, to the four corners of the Middle East and North Africa. Um, mm -hmm. So you're looking, are you, so you, you have, you're accepting applications currently, is that correct? Yes. Okay. No, so it's... Applications mm -hmm. for both mentorees and mentors for both groups? Yeah, for mentees and mentors, uh, you can all go to mina.community. You will find everything, or if you can follow me, you can follow Mina on LinkedIn. We'll provide you all the information you need. How do you, let me put in uh, uh, your um, mina.community. Mm -hmm. Is that dot community? I just, I we have our little you... chat here. I want mm. to put it in our chat. I can send here also the link in our chat. <laughs> I yeah. understand there is several platforms. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we've got this. Uh, right. let me, okay, good. Um, that's great. And um, we, it's interesting because um, on the entrepreneurship side, what can happen in technology and uh, with women, I know I spoke with um, women in technology. You, you and I, we spoke about them before, and I, I've spoken with them, and they said since the downturn, the amount of women in STEM roles and programming roles in companies has actually decreased. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I think it's really interesting that that um, 
despite all the financial and economic pressure and everybody's best efforts, um, that the role of, and so I think if, if women are going to do well, and if, if the world is going to benefit from women in technology, and I think women are going to have to start their own companies and hire their own women engineers and, and do a good part of this itself. Um, Warren Buffett, who was, or not Warren Buffett, I'm sorry, um, I, I shoot, what was his name? There was a guy who was in charge of the U.S. economy, Alan Greenspan, for a long time. Mm -hmm. And he famously only hired women economists. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and he was a man. And, and people were like, why do you always hire women economists? And he said, because basically I can hire an equivalent woman to an equivalent man. And I get a 20% discount for the woman. I can pay her less because of market dynamics. And typically because she's a woman, she'll work harder um true true what can i say yeah so it's true. it's it's really not a very political thing to say but he said no. basically i get a better employee who works harder um and that was his feeling about why he only hired women and and today we're talking you know we're talking about equal pay on a lot of developed economies but there's still not yeah. equal opportunity um great uh are, so are you working with any other organizations does medical work with any other organizations uh, yes, we work uh, with a lot. It depends on the project. It okay. is sometimes, like, um, also sometimes go and like uh, share our knowledge uh, for uh, programmers are women and men. Uh, but we try to cooperate as much as we can. I think it's important. As I say, we are we specify in a niche, so it's quite easy for us to cooperate with them because we don't like we are a complementary community for other communities um, so there is no other community that specifies in what we are doing mm -hmm. um, for example two weeks ago we, we did a workshop with the Palestinian internship program where we shared a, a workshop with them uh, for their young adults that search for a job now um, in the area um, we um, cooperated a long time ago with the Dana, which is an accelerator for a, a female entrepreneur on specifically in the um, agriculture. Um, they, they tackle like challenges in the ecological system here mm -hmm. um, with women, uh, women of MENA in technology that are actually based in the state, but doing a, a lot of work and have a lot of base also in our region. Um, so yeah, so we cooperated a lot with Microsoft for Middle East. We cooperated with the... <laughs> Great. What 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 about financial support? Do you receive any financial support from any organizations, state of Israel or anybody? Mm, no, there. It's definitely not a governmental. No, no uh, money. No government. No. First of all, I want to clarify: it's a non-governmental platform. Yeah. We are not aspiring to have a governmental from anyone yeah. because it allow us to have the connection we are having um, and it's very important for us and for our members. Um, so that's <laughs> first of all. And uh, secondly, we are, we are searching for a long-term partnership um, with, a com like with a company. But it has to uh, to be a company that has base uh, here in the region, and will benefit from um, 
having the connection to such a large entrepreneurs uh, of the MENA region. I believe there are some uh, because there's a lot of companies that are B2B and SaaS that are selling and wants to grow their um, market here in the region. Um, but we are negotiating and we're open for a, a, any kind of a suggestion. Okay. Um, yes. <laughs> I, so I wasn't suggesting that 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 the state was behind you, maybe. But I was just saying sometimes for sometimes in 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 other countries we can have a nonprofit, and the nonprofit will receive grants or or money from the state just to fund its private things. So apparently that's not the case with you. Um, what about what about <laughs> I, I, I don't want to be political, but is there any suspicion? Because as we mentioned the Middle East and North Africa, like the world in general, are very complicated places. Um, yes. And of course, there's a long uh, there's a long history of antagonism uh, or, or conflict with Israel as well. So is there any problem with this being in Israel or I mean that you guys started in Israel? Are you are people suspicious of your motivation at all? when you first meet them or is that not a non-issue that's something that i just i don't know no it's definitely an issue of course it will always be an issue until there will be yeah it's and, resolved it yeah. will always be an issue okay but again and we worked really hard um with the members that we had uh to make them feel it's a safe place for yeah. them uh, that uh, all identities are welcomed and respect, yeah. and and it's a and it's a professional network, who, and this is why it was really important for us not to have any governmental partnership. Again, yeah. doesn't matter where from, just so people will feel so the women will feel comfortable and won't have like any reservation or conflict with what they want to. But again, some some decided that they will support from afar, mm -hmm. uh, and I respect that. Um, and there is no one that we have any dispute with. But some some of them like decided to say we will support from afar. We will do this and this, but we won't participate in, in that stuff. Okay, makes sense. It, this is where we live. Yeah, <laughs> we understand and we respect and. Uh, but I, I left with that. <laughs> with, I met a woman, she originally from Libya, now lives in a, another country. I won't say where, so I won't <laughs> expose her. But yeah. um, she said, like, we all, we all look alike here and we have the same problem, but we like also to hate each other. <laughs> uh, and I think like private organization like that yeah. uh, really can increase, um, I don't want to say the head, because I... It's a big word, but when you know a person on a on a personal note, and it's it's harder to hate the person when you it, know them. It, it's not only it's it's easier to understand what's the common between you, yeah. and if maybe we cooperated, it will bring to better solution. And 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 really, I I hope that we will be able to grow our community, and regardless, and we when we did made made it. Even before, like all the agreement between other countries, we managed to create a, a communication and network above, like the borders, above uh, the government, uh, in order to empower them, in order to exchange idea, in order to grow ourselves, like personally and develop ourselves. Oh. And I think it's 
and again, I, I think it's the future. Like, so I don't like to think about the now. Yeah. Because reality, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not denying the reality. But, but like, yeah. I, I try to like, okay, we created something for the future because once like it will end, and yeah. in my, in in my opinion, it will end one day, <laughs> or at least most of the things. Yeah. Um, we we will already have like the connection, the relationship, and we'll bring like the yeah. Well, we 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 never know what's going to happen. The one thing is that certain is that the future is uncertain. So, yeah. um, and I mean, I would never would have guessed ten years ago, for example, that Israel and Saudi Arabia would be on their way to becoming friends. Now we can say what we want about Israel. We can say what we want about Saudi Arabia, but no matter where you stand politically or culturally or religious or whatever, you couldn't have imagined 10 years ago that those two countries would be talking today uh, yeah. and would have relations uh, and that some of their, and they're getting more and more aligned. And, and so, um, and of course there's a lot of issues in the Middle East. There's, there's politics and, and soon there's going to be water and, and other issues and it's going to take cooperation to address these. Otherwise it's going to be bad news. Like, like and, every, and, and yeah. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I'm the, sorry. Go ahead. And the tech industry and you and I I know about projects that are already there in, in connecting with like a, that is already like published yeah. and known but there is a lot of other um projects that you will never see that are trying to resolve them because it it is a cooperation between people from countries that are not necessarily have a diploma they don't have a diplomatic uh, relationship so it's behind the scene but at the end of the day the MENA region suffer from very specific challenges in the climate change and if we want to work together and if we want to use the tech development that we have here and the knowledge that we have here and um, we like we will all go down together so it's either we rise together or we never go down together <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a that's an important thing. Well, I guess that's that's one of the reasons why um when we we just to I declare this to the audience. So Ronnie and I had previously met, and one one of the things I liked about our organization is that it's about entrepreneurship. It's about empowerment of basically people with with just socially and economically disadvantaged. In this case, it happens to be women, which I think are really well. Um, and then finally, the last thing is this concept of building um, bridges uh, across society. And, and, and I think that's one of the things, which is tech can't build bridges, but the values um, and, and some of the things that we learn together. Um, for example, uh, Ronnie and I, uh, we use common concepts. We both share it. We have nothing in common culturally or any of our background. Uh, and we both think similarly about a lot of things. And the same can be said for some of these other people in the MENA region. And the same could be said for some people, some guy or some woman in Gujarat, India right now. And that's really unique in the world that people have this common framework to look at problems. Um, and and, and we, sh we certainly have enough problems to um, address. There's plenty of opportunities for us to problems. Well, listen... Um, Thank you so much for your time. What do you what do you think? Uh, what what is your? I mean, what is the thing? Uh, just one last question. What is the thing you learned that really inspired you while you were doing this? That that you learned and and you take away from this whole thing? Is there anything like one big lesson or anything like that you can think of? Maybe that's not a fair question. <laughs> um. First of all, there is a lot of good power in the around us. Yeah. A lot, much more than we know. Yeah. 
I feel that sometimes like in the social media extreme uh, way of uh, <laughs> um, express ourselves, we only see sometimes the bad and like the cynic or yeah. But there is a lot of good power, a lot of young people who wants to create a better life for not for themselves, but like for their surrounding. Yeah. Um, a lot of innovation. It likes sometimes you know I'm having a bad day or something like that, but then I meet a member of us or I have I read an application of, of a early entrepreneur and see their their idea. It really ignites something in you also. And because then you remember you're doing it for a reason and for a very, very important one. And and I hope we can all see that. Like I sometimes I talk with people that are very depressed from the future, from the from the young people or whatsoever. And I always wish like they can all be exposed to this amazing initiative and amazing uh, programs and startups that really trying to take us step forward yeah. and to to build these bridges as you said and to create like a, an innovating future for all of us um. <laughs> I, th I think that's great I, I think that's great that one one of they say is that if you if you feel bad about now um <laughs> uh don't don't just lie down and feel bad uh act act do something um yeah. and so i think that's great and and you've taken it to a level that's that's really incredible. So thank you so much. Um, I want to make a, make an offer to you. If one of your people launches a product and they get something going or they have an international product or, or something, have them come in. I would love to okay. hear about their experience as a MENA woman entrepreneur and we could talk about their product and well. So please uh, send them my way. And and also if you have some new, something newsworthy, uh, let us know and we'll have you back on and um, that would be great. Thank you very much. Okay. And uh, and please invest in MENA. Come visit us. Not only in, in the famous tech places. <laughs> there is also great, great initiative all over the region. And I will be happy to contact you if you want to like some tech hubs in the middle of the desert uh, in North Africa or in the... In, uh, in other deserts that we have here, we have a lot. And really, really, really um, we need, follow we, us. We need, <laughs> we need to give you a third job. You can become a tech ambassador for the region in addition to your work with Menaco and your, and your regular job. We can make you a tech ambassador. Yeah, uh, I was just in a tour in Morocco. It was amazing. Like they took us everywhere. Like to see the people, they're like really, really, really coming from so many different background uh, some people from also like from middle uh, middle africa that comes to morocco to learn from there like such a great mix so there is a lot of initiatives a lot of program come to mina invest in mina learn about mina um we are the future, are the future. <laughs> this is where the future is well listen it's uh you know things are uh in so many developing economies like india uh there's so much innovation coming out of these things. And I think um, the best thing we can do, all, all the job growth uh, around the world right now until recently has been in technology and around entrepreneurship. Uh, also, not only is it job growth, but it's well-paying jobs. It's jobs that pay much better than a lot of other jobs like we get in construction, restoration, mm -hmm. like that. So I, I think that that's really important that we can that trend. 
um where we have a little bit of headwinds right now in the economy right now but i have i'm pretty sure that in a few years this all afterthought um again thank you so much for your time thank and, you very much and you have a great uh rest of your thursday bye-bye yeah. <laughs>Oh, that was, um, she's, she's really inspiring. Um, her project with Menico, um, is just really impressive. Um, just on a personal note, years ago, um, I mentioned this to her. I worked with the Red Cross on a study about how can we help immigrants in California. Most of the immigrants come from Southern and Central America. And it was pretty simple. It just said provide English classes, uh, and daycare to women and women will take care of their community. So the starting with their family and then take care of a larger community. So this, these efforts that she's doing, Menico, um, to build a generation of entrepreneurs in the Middle East and North Africa, these women, they will take care of their children. They will raise kids. Their kids will have great role models. And they'll also invest in their community and become community leaders or actors. That's so important. Listen, I want to uh, thank you very much all for uh, spending your time with us today. Um, coming up next Tuesday, uh, we are going to have... Um, uh, who are we going to have? Uh, we're going to be talking about hiring internationally. Uh, this is a big bugaboo for people. So international executive hiring. So, um, and, and basically... Uh, so the do's and don'ts of this. So we'll be working with Vera Sharova and we'll be talking about this. And, and basically this is scary stuff for a lot of companies. So for uh, any co company that you want to hire outside your local region, this is really challenging. The pay culture is different. Uh, the work culture is different. Uh, the holiday culture doesn't align. Uh, so there's just so many challenges. Um, and so we'll t talk with uh, Vera about this. Uh, look forward to that conversation and everybody please have a great Thursday and we'll see you next week on Tuesday. All right. Thank you. And I last end. Get in the end. So that's going to be Tuesday, the 22nd. Uh, and it's international success, executive hiring do's and don'ts. And it's Vera Sharova partner at N2 group. Thank you very much. And we'll see you next week.